Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, the podcast of the official Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney, Australia, for your weekly therapy session of Manchester United's defeat against Watford. I keep saying defeat, it just comes out naturally. A draw against Watford, your weekly therapy session. I know a lot of boys are in the chat with us. I'm looking for some therapy. Uh, I'll just quickly go to them. We want to fly straight into this. Dion, always good to see you, mate. Josh is always scintillating stuff this morning. Can't wait to relive it. Yeah, it's one of those ones. I actually forget what actually happened in the match. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Um, evening, lads. Need this. I'm broken. As I said, Rob, um, we'll try our best in regards to giving keep, keep sort of everyone sort of a bit of counselling and therapy. I'm not sure how good it will be though. Um, could be quite depressing. But Dion also saying, almost glad we're out of the top four trophy. Ridiculous thing for a so-called elite club to play for, which will be one of the discussion points at the end in regards to that chase for Champions League football and what it means. And yeah, imagine summing up my thoughts here as well. Um, feels as bad as losing, but I do appreciate everyone in the live chat um, for joining us and hopefully you can get through this with us. But also the main man as well, Larry. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Tom. Um, look, I was at a wedding last night, so trying to, I guess, focus on the positives here. But look, an awful result for Manchester United in, in the grand context of things. When you're fighting for top four, you simply cannot afford. To, to be dropping points to the likes of Watford. That, what's that? Four points out of a potential six dropped to Watford. It's unacceptable, to be honest. Uh, and I think that's top four done for Manchester United. You look at our March fixture list, absolutely appalling result. Yeah, no, no doubt. And we'll get into it. And look, I'm not saying we're going to beat Manchester City, but the way this season is going, you can just see us beating Manchester City and giving the title to Liverpool or putting the sort of the favouritism towards Liverpool, unfortunately. But that is a hurdle for another day that we'll cross that later on in the week. But um, speaking of that, we're going to get into every single thing in regards to player performances, what it means. And to, I wouldn't say the disaster of performance, Larry, because if you actually look at it, if we scored a goal in that first half and we're going to get in the chances and everyone's sort of, I'm sure, sure got their sort of pitchforks out for Cristiano Ronaldo, if we scored a goal in that first half, just one, we're talking the best performance this season. Well, I, I well, take what um, you're saying. I take very your point, good performance. But... Yeah, I, I can I can see where you're coming from. I still wouldn't tend to agree, to be honest, because you have to look at, at the opposition we're coming up against. This is Watford. They're awful. They concede a lot of goals. They're in the they're in the bottom two, I want to say, in the Premier League for goals conceded. They're an awful side. So, yeah, you can say the performance overall should one of those goals go in. Maybe a completely different game. But shoulda, woulda, coulda. We've been here so many times this season talking about if Manchester United got the inaugural goal in a football game, how does it play out? But unfortunately, this is a repeated theme. And it's, again, the, I guess why we will get into the topic of Cristiano Ronaldo and why it isn't actually his fault. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, speaking of that, I mean, just, well, not speaking of that, but hold up, Tom, interrupting. Where is the tree? Um, the game I watched, one matter didn't score. I was calling for him to come on. He should have come on instead of some of the players who did at the end. Um, were you watching an old replay? Did you think he scored? Yeah, I think I was watching an old game. Uh, but look, I thought it was time to move on. You know, I thought... I was pretty depressed this morning after the results. So I said, sod it. I can't keep looking at that tree, hoping every day is going to be Christmas. I took it down in terms of how I was feeling, Emad. So thanks for reminding me of how miserable we all are this morning. But the tree is no more. Well, we'll go into, as I said, it's a match review. So we will go sort of straight into the start in 11s. And usually when we're talking about start in 11, it's, um, okay, Harry Maguire has been picked again. And what does that mean? Is he picking himself? And what influence does the manager have? First time in a long time, Harry Maguire, the captain, has been dropped. Now, was this a drop or was he being arrested? I think weighing all things up, I think I would call it him being dropped. Um, mm -hmm. That's not to say he was a disaster against Atletico Madrid. As I said, I think he was actually better than Rafael Varane. But he has gone with Lindelof and Varane, which a lot of oh, fans have been calling for. I don't know if I agree for. with that. Well, well, anyway. Lindelof was one of those ones against Atletico. 
against Atletico Madrid, half the fan base had him as a 10 out of 10 and the other half had him as a 1 out of 10. It was a really, really weird situation with Victor Lindelof. But, um, yeah, I'd say he has gone Lindelof in front of That's what a lot of the fan base had been calling for. What do you think? That because I don't think it affected the performance too much. As I said, Watford, I think, were pretty much horrible. I don't think they offered anything, and I don't think that was anything to do with our personnel. I just think Watford were horrible, but we did look quite composed at the back um, without Harry Maguire. Yeah, we did. Uh, and I, if I was going to take one positive been, out of this game, the defence did look good. Uh, so, uh, look, uh, you, you know my thoughts, Tom. I think this partnership should be United centre-back partnership going forward. Uh, whether they are or not, I guess time will tell. Uh, but you can't deny it, and everything you've said there is spot on. It should be Lindelof Maguire. Whether that is the case or not, we have to wait and see. Yeah, no, definitely. Apologies. It looks like the connection is a little bit unstable. Too. I'm not sure. Sydney's rain, um, Sydney rain internet um, seems to shut down all of Sydney. But hopefully it's keeping well and um, you can understand us. Um, just here, that a shambles. How many chances um, do we need to create? We can't penetrate. Not the first time this type of performance has happened lately. And um, from the supporters club here, Raphael, always good to see you. Scott, um, good mate of ours from It's a Football Thing, Arsenal friend. Obviously, the Arsenal fans are always very welcome in the chat after a Manchester United loss, but he sort of sort of brings up the point about Ronaldo. And we'll get into Ronaldo in a little bit because I'm sure he'll generate a huge discussion. But on that, in regards to the performance there, as I mentioned, and we're going to get into chances, it was a good first-half performance. It was actually very good, in my opinion. We should have been 4 or 5 nil up, maybe not 4 or 5 nil up, but had 4 or 5 big chances. You think, okay, two or, the, two or three of those should go in. And we're talking about, as I said, a very good performance, but ultimately none of those chances go in. And we're talking about what an absolute disaster and none of these players are good enough. And now that's, that, could be a, that could be a sort of valid opinion. But it just goes to show Solskjaer was sort of so heavily criticised for talking about fine margins, saying no, it's not about fine margins, you need to get the job done. Football is fine margins. We're so close to being absolutely brilliant, but ultimately at the end of the day, we're absolutely woeful because of it. Yeah, take your point. And but we've seen this theme for a good while now. I want to say since the I don't know what you want to call it, mid-season break, if you will. Uh since the Middlesbrough match, United have been putting in really positive first half performances for the most part, and then really falling away in the second. And I think we saw a similar theme here today. Granted, wasn't as I guess prominent, um, but the same theme is reoccurring. Uh, and I think a key part of that was Nemanja Medic, have to say. I think him being deployed in the center of the park, you're seeing what we're missing there when you see the likes of Scott McTominay, even Fred, um, when those two were played as a pivot. Uh, you, you see the quality difference, and it just shows why United desperately need to invest in that number six position. Uh, and if I'm United, I've seen all the congestion around, you know, get that one key signing. Forget all of that. You need two. Two top quality midfielders, so it gives you the versatility and the ability to play a, multi, a multitude of systems. That's what Manchester United needs to do this summer. Well, you're talking to two midfielders. How about three midfielders? Because the last two or the previous two games, we're talking, okay, give Paul Pogba his contract. Then we're saying, well, when we sort of get giddy over a Paul Pogba performance, you have to think, well, what's going to happen in the future? Then the following two performances after um, Paul Pogba was sort of standing out, his last two against Atletico Madrid and now against Watford, you think, Oh, yeah, hang on. That's probably why we don't want to jump the gun with Paul Pogba because this is just what he is. He's inconsistent. So I'm just thinking in this situation, we're calling, could we have an Emmanuel Matic who's 26 years old in the number six role? Who, that would be brilliant because, in my opinion, he was man of the match for Man United. So can we have an Emmanuel Matic? Well, he's going to go at the end of the year most likely. Or can we have a Paul Pogba? Well, Paul Pogba's most likely going at the end of the year. So you have to replace those two already just in regards to numbers and personnel. 
then mm. your point is in regards to quality, you need to improve the quality. So you're talking about bringing two midfielders in. Really, at the end of the day, the situation we might find ourselves in, we might need a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah, potentially. I mean, you're assuming, well, I'm assuming on the balance of things, assuming Paul Pogba leaves, um, look, maybe I'm being a little bit hopeful here. Um, I think James Garner's done enough uh, in two seasons now in the championship to say maybe he becomes a squad player um, at the very least. Maybe that doesn't mean he plays a lot of football matches, but I think he can occupy a spot on the bench and maybe be brought in here or there for the odd Premier League game, some cup games, and if he impresses, maybe he plays more than that. Um, in saying that, yeah, I agree with you, Tom. Look, at the end of day two, quality midfielders should be what United are after, and that's irrespective of if Paul Pogba stays or not. And look, we, we think you and I are unanimous on this. He will more than likely leave. And i got to be honest, I, even in, through his positive patches of form over the last month, I still believe moving the Frenchman on is the right step for Manchester United. He mm. still continues to struggle for consistency and... Look, calling a spade a spade, I know Manchester United were quite poor against Atletico Madrid, particularly in that first half. He really got bullied by an Endogbia. And the reality is, now that doesn't mean United should be buying Endogbia, but it shows Paul Pogba is a bully against Leeds United, is a bully against Forshaw, is a bully against Championship Middlesbrough, is a bully against Brentford. When it comes against the bigger sides, I'm yet to see him dominate a football match outside of one half against Manchester City four years ago. Yeah, definitely. Well, Ryan here, um, we'll move the discussion on a little bit further, which I'm sure a lot of people are here for, both Man United fans and opposition fans. But Ryan's saying we need a striker in the summer. Talking about a certain striker and Cristiano Ronaldo up front. In my opinion, it was, I would say his worst game for Manchester United, but in terms of one or two of the chances and the situation we found ourselves in, he needed to step up. And he had those couple of chances and he didn't take them. So there is a very strong case that it was his poorest display in a Man United shirt this season. And ever since he did turn 37, well, it was a couple of weeks ago, the couple of performances he's put in since, since then has suited the argument that he's over the hill in regards to age, in regards to the way he's looking on the field and sort of some of the balls that are going over his head. He's just a little bit off the pace. I think some of those, there was that clip against Atletico Madrid where there was three or four crosses and the ball was just going over his head, over his head, over his head, and you think, hang on, what am I going what am I going to do with this? And I actually made a point of watching his movement in the box today. Um, sorry, last night, and his movement was actually phenomenal. Like in and around sort of darting into defenders and some of the sort of decisions from Juan Basaka and Tellez and um some of the other wide players, um or not even wide players, Bruno had the ball a couple of times. You think you get a good ball in there and the crosses just weren't on. And ultimately, the once or twice the ball did sort of drop to Ronaldo, he didn't do enough. So 100%, I know a lot of people in the chat think we don't criticise him. Here we are. I just said it was probably Ronaldo's worst performance of the season. Definitely deserving criticism. The reason that the, both of us have gone for the title, not Ronaldo's fault. Yeah, I don't think we can blame it on Ronaldo. I just bring the stats up here. I put it on a different website. I won't bring them up on screen, but I've just got here. Okay, Ronaldo is the problem. Okay, Bruno Ronaldo scored 15 goals this season. Bruno Fernandes has nine goals. The next is Mason Greenwood on six and Rashford on five. So let's talk about his strike partners. Forget all the baggage with Cristiano Ronaldo, Larry. There's price tag. There's legendary status. There's his age. There's the celebrity. Or we can have the argument just about the footballer. And both arguments are sort of valid in whatever context you're debating them. But let's just look at the footballer who we want to be sort of equals and treat Anthony Alanga the same as we're going to treat Cristiano Ronaldo. We expect the same from both players. I think a lot of fans sort of go along that train of thought. He's a 37-year-old footballer. Here's someone where we need 
to lighten the workload off. And we can't expect the world of Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not the 2007, 2008 Ronaldo. So we need, he needs to sort of be given help. Edison Gavani. He's got appointments. He does. He's got a high school reunion. He doesn't want to miss. So he'll he'll miss a game. He wants a family sort of commitment back in Uruguay. He'll miss a game. His commitment to the club is non-existent at the moment. Yes, he's maybe picked up one or two injuries, but he's made it clear if he has the opportunity to do something else, he'll do it. Marcus Rashford unfortunately is in just horrible form, um, and maybe there's a debate that he isn't really a striker. But at the moment, you can't play Marcus Rashford. One, the horrible form he's in. And simply the lack of commitment. He just doesn't work in a Manchester United show. He's not running. He's not putting 100% effort in. Mason Greenwood, what can I say? He's obviously not available. Mm. It's not a good situation. And this is when we came back to the day that Cristiano Ronaldo signed. Everyone was excited. And while we were on the side of the excitement, we're also sitting here and saying, yes, there is a valid argument that it's not the great signing, that there's issues with the signing, that it shouldn't be done. So both arguments were right at the time. But I just don't see how this season, as I said, he's our top goal scorer. And I think he's second or third on assists behind Bruno Fernandes. I don't see how this season is down to Cristiano Ronaldo, like the problems. Yeah. Look, I'm with you, Tom. Is he a bad signing or not? Look, I think the stance with all signings, and I'll say this about any player, you can only make that call once they've left the club. Now, Ronaldo's obviously left and, and come back. Uh, but if we're talking about this second stint, we'll really only know by the time he leaves. What did he achieve in that time? How many goals did he score in how many games? Uh, th- there's a multitude of factors in Cristiano Ronaldo, a number of which you've already listed. Um, purely around this football, ga- uh, this football game and the context over, I want to say again, since we've returned to football uh, in January, uh, we're asking a lot of any player. He's played a lot of game time. He's had a lot of game time. He doesn't get rotated with anyone. He started every single game in January bar one where Cavani started. Uh, Like you mentioned, Cavani's not available. I question his commitment to the club, if I'm being entirely honest on the Uruguayan. Obviously, I don't know. Uh, But everything that's coming out, particularly from Ralph Rennick, it all suggests that Cavani doesn't want to put in that extra mile. He's, he's got one eye on, obviously, next summer. He's got one eye on the World Cup. I think that's where Cavani is at the moment. He has no interest in, uh, I suppose, making himself available for Manchester United. Uh, like you said, Mason Greenwood, could he have been an option? Look, even, even if he was an option, I don't think Mason Greenwood's ready to lead the line for Manchester United anyway. So, And the proof we have this season should suggest he wasn't going to make a massive difference. Marcus Rashford, I wish I could tell you what, what the hell's going on. The thing with Ronaldo, Tom, like you mentioned, he's very much a poacher at this stage of his career. He needs players around him to support him. Alanga had a wonderful opportunity in the second half, a wonderful bit of uh, football between him and Paul Pogba. He should have probably had a shot on target, like you said at the start. If that goes in, maybe it's a different football game. With Ronaldo, it's twofold. He doesn't play like a traditional striker, and I think he struggles to bring other players into the game. Now, I sound like a hypocrite here because in the first half, there was a brilliant passage of play where he's done a one-two. I think it was with Anthony Alenga, which leads to um, an opportunity. But he doesn't bring players into the game the way a traditional striker does. He's been playing way too much football. He's 37 years of age. And under the circumstances, every striker in the world would struggle. Erling Haaland would struggle. There's simply no service. He's, he's overdone. He needs support. And Manchester United urgently, if, we, if we're going to talk about a midfielder, striker is closely behind. United definitely mm. need a top quality option next season. 
Well, you talk about Erling Haaland. I don't know what, how many games he's played this season. I think it's been one or two injury situations. But where's he led Dortmund to? Led Dortmund to the Europa League. And I think they got knocked out of the Europa League. So this great strike we want to replace Ronaldo. Well, is he actually the answer? I'm not saying he's not the answer, but it's just a weird situation. Um, um, it's here saying our problem is that we buy and players hoping we put them on the field and these things will happen. We don't buy players for a system, which is why we yeah, completely agree, but that's why we do want Ralph Rangit to go upstairs. And sort of make Before we continue, sorry, Tom, to interrupt you. There are 17 of you watching. There's eight likes on the video. Come on. Give us a like. We're out here giving you some therapy. So give us some love. Come on, guys. We well, can't let, have let's have a bit of, uh, just from a neutral's point of view here, Scott from It's a Football Thing is an Arsenal fan. I guess the question is, would you have fared better um, this season without signing him? Most players have flopped and the um, and the D has been awful. I don't think you're any better without Ronaldo. I think it's the case where I do bring up these stats here. Who are you going to play up front instead of him? Okay, we have Ronaldo. Have an option. Who are you going to play in front of him? If, if someone in the comments, and again, it's a valid opinion. If you don't think Ronaldo should be playing for Man United and we're better without him, 100%. It's a valid opinion. Tell me Can who the I striker is Can I throw something at you? Tell me who the striker is then. I'm not saying he's a striker, but if United wanted to play a false nine system, I don't think Bruno Fernandes is the worst option. I'm, I just want to say, if you throw it out there, you look at how he plays, he's one of the best best finishers at the club. Uh, he thinks he's a striker. I really don't think it'd be the worst idea. It's one of these. And look, I'm at, at the moment. I wouldn't say he, uh, Ronaldo's on his Christmas list at the moment. Where did the elite mentality go? He still has gonna, an elite mentality. Yeah, I'm not going to question Cristiano Ronaldo. There. Look, a lot of people would dislike Ronaldo at the moment. I, I'm not going to question his mentality. Um, he wants the best for the team. He wants to win trophies. Um, the individual doesn't win the trophies. The team win trophies. If his goals go, go down as a Cristiano Ronaldo goal, well, guess what? They also go down as a Manchester United goal. Mason Greenwood's a fantastic finisher. It's not just a Greenwood goal when they go in. It's a Manchester United goal. So I'm not going to question Cristiano Ronaldo's mentality after what he's done in the game, what he's done for Manchester United. I, I think he's a legend in my eyes, um, des deserving the criticism he's getting now because I think he's been poor in recent weeks and especially today against Watford. But um, mm. look, he's a club legend. I'm not going to throw him under the bus when he's sort of performed and he's respected at the club when other players and bigger issues within the team and also above him in the club are far bigger issues, in my opinion. Let me put one to you, Tom. Uh, look, obviously, United are very thin in terms of attacking options. Uh, would you be looking, if you're Ralph Rennick, do you look to blood younger players, uh, to Dion's point here? Uh, do you look to some youngsters and try and give them an opportunity here or there? I, I don't want to say top four is gone. Of course, Ralph Rennick won't view it that way. He'll keep fighting. But you have to think just we got a genuine lack of quantity, um, well, let alone quality. Do you just try and give a few young kids an opportunity to see what they have? Charlie McNeil, I know he's quite, I guess, he's not small in terms of his height, but he's quite small in terms of his figure. Would it be the most outrageous thing? Someone who's got a wonderful goal-scoring record in the academy, do you give him an opportunity here or there? Look, I, I like the idea of that. I like, I'd look, nothing more than to see young players come through and give them a chance. But ultimately, the situation we find ourselves in and the situation the next manager is going to find themselves in, you just can't do it. Unfortunately, you just can't give these young players a chance on a consistent basis because whoever the next manager comes in, if he loses two games, every, if we want Ten Hag, everyone's here calling for Ten Hag to come in. If Ten, Ten Hag loses two games in the first six months next season, they'll all want him out. The ma manager won't be afforded time to sort of sort of blood two or three youngsters into the team now. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. You need to – a young player at Manchester United now needs to come into a winning team, um, unfortunately. Um, Adam here saying Ronaldo was part of an epic team. Tom, look, 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 again, Adam and um, he had a bit, a bit on Ronaldo at the moment. 
I completely agree. My point. Oh, I'm not going to criticize. I'm not going to. It's a hard one. I, I, let me know what you mean there, um, Adam. Um, you stumped me on that one, unfortunately. What, what do you mean? Do you know what he means by that, Larry? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure. I made the statement around he needs support from his teammates. Uh, unless there's some sort of relation into that, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. Oh, yeah, okay. I just... Sorry, Adam. Um, the team done well for Manchester, of course. But indiv- what makes up a team? 11 individuals. Unfortunately, everyone says, oh, no, I and team. Well, there's individuals in a team, um, unfortunately, and he's a great individual. At the moment, it's not working for him. Um, I just don't understand the hate for him. He's a club legend. He's performed in a Manchester United shirt. Others haven't. And you, you do look at the protection. Uh, I know, and I don't want to sort of pinpoint Adam here. I know he doesn't like um, criticising the younger players, and I try not to go in on Marcus Rashford because I absolutely love Marcus Rashford. He's 24 Ultimate. years of age. He can be criticised. Oh, yeah, no, 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 any player. He's still a young player, in my opinion. He He's protected by the media. He, he won't get criticised in regards to a public... Obviously, fans will criticise him, of course, and sometimes the criticism is over the top. But in terms of the media, there is... Find one article on Marcus Rashford discussing his performances lately. There's simply not. If you type the letter R into Google, you'll find 10,000 articles discussing Ronaldo's suitability for Manchester United. Like, it's a different level of criticism. Yeah. And, what is it? What is it with Marcus Rashford? I mean, the great mystery, right? Maybe Marcus Rashford doesn't even know, but I just can't explain his form, Tom. It's not an ability thing. It's, it's not it's, the form. It's obviously mental, but what what is it? I just I, he's so bad at the moment. He's he's not even worth, and I, I mean this uh, not in a not in a personal way. He's not worth being in a United shirt at the moment. It is a genuine waste of space. At the I've moment. got no issue with his form. If he's out of form and performing, like, oh, he's performing quite poorly at the moment. No issue with being out of form. That, no issue. Okay, Ronaldo's out of form now. You have to sort of afford him that opportunity sort of to bounce back. It's the work rate. He, he just doesn't run. Uh, I just can't, even when he came on here, his hands on hips, standing, loses the ball and just stands there. And uh, I just can't get my head around in a wide area where he needs to double up with his fullback and the, the fullback gets isolated once or twice towards that 80, 85th minute. You thought Watford may be actually going to steal one on the counter-attack. And a lot of that came down from our era, sort of transition in wide areas. Where I will be critical, Jaden Sancho, when, when was it in the game? I want to say 85th minute? Sancho puts in a really good ball. Rashford just wasn't aware to it, wasn't running. And if he if he was alert to it, he gets a shot. Maybe he doesn't score, but he at least gets a shot on target. He's just, like you said, Tom, you got to allow players to be out of form. Sometimes that happens. But my gosh, he's just not even putting in the one percenters at the moment. And it's unforgivable. It really is unforgivable. Yeah. Well, well, on those subs, and I said before the game, I, I wanted to see one matter come in over Bruno Fernandes. Although Bruno Fernandes, like Ronaldo, is being run into the ground. And I thought, oh, this is an opportunity at home to Watford. Here we are. We can't beat a team like Watford. But at home to a team like Watford, you can rest a Ronaldo, you can rest a Bruno Fernandes, and you can give minutes to your squad players. So I thought, play one matter. He obviously wasn't on the field. The way so many games have gone in the past 10, or feels like 10 years now, against teams like Watford at home, struggling to break them down, when full-time goes and we're sort of full of frustration with it, oh, we could have done with a one matter today. So I thought, instead of getting that hurdle after 90 minutes, after 60 minutes, put one matter on, and there is your answer. Luke Shaw and Marcus Rush would come on when you're chasing the game. Probably our best crosser of the ball, which was a sort of strong tactic of the day in Alex Tellez. Put him, let's replace him with a person who's inferior at crossing the ball. And to bring Marcus Rashford on when there's no space in behind, when you have a Jesse Lingard or a one matter who can create something. Ralph Frank got his substitutions right in previous games and 100% Ralph Frank needs full credit for that. 
ultimately he's got it wrong here. And I just could not get my head around either of those subs. Oh, obviously, in the need to change things, get fresh legs here or there. But I just could not get my head around there. Marcus Thrasher did, simply didn't deserve to come on. The other players um, should have been ahead of him, in my opinion. But even the Luke Shaw one, I don't see Alex Tellez. If someone's going to provide a cross for Cristiano Ronaldo, you could see Alex Tellez doing it. Luke Shaw at the moment. There was a time, it was 80th minute when he came, or 80th minute, Luke Shaw held the ball for a couple of throw-ins. It was like watching Ashley Young standing there with the ball above his head. Everyone's sort of trying to burst forward, get forward, get forward. Luke Shaw standing there. Oh, I was like, oh, wait. There was one time he took 27 seconds to throw the ball in. I count on the clock, 27 seconds. We're chasing the game to throw the ball in. And he's just standing there. No, I'll throw it here. No, I'll come back here. I'll throw it there. And I was that was criminal. Just get the ball in play and start attacking. And ultimately, there's just no football awareness from Luke Shaw at the moment. Manchester United, what I want to see the club do is, as opposed to just going for the most talented, on obvious footballer, we really need to start scouting players with work rate. I think that's crucial. Uh, and look, whatever system you play, you, you can always find, you'll always, always find space for players with a good attitude. We, we saw Fred's comments last week. He, like he says, he says he's the... He's the artist. Oh, sorry, the, the piano holder. So the artist can play. Yo, you know what? I've got time for players like that. You don't always have to be the most talented. Gary Neville was my favorite Manchester United right back. Not the most talented football I've ever seen, but he worked hard at his game and you saw the career he went on to have. Now, Luke Shaw has much more ability than Gary Neville does. Just has the shittest attitude I've ever seen. It's oh, unacceptable. I'm sick of that, that caliber of player. We got way too many of them, Tom. Yeah, it does come down to attitude. Let's say he does have quite an ability. And when he is performing and, and he's on it, you do see those attributes. And you think, hang on, there's a hell of a player there. Here we are all this time last year saying he was the best left back in Europe. And obviously did so well for England in the Euros. But when he's not on it, um, it is embarrassing. Because as you say, like, we've all criticised Fred, probably one of the most heavily criticised players on this podcast, um, Fred, over the last couple of years. But when he does come out with those words that he obviously had in that interview, which you did allude to, you kind of read them and you think, well, hang on, should we back off Fred? Because he does give his all. And there are other players who don't give their all. And ultimately, all we can ask, so like, we can't, when a ball goes into the box and someone misses a chance, you and me can't do better. No one in the chat can do better. So, yes, we're going to criticise and rightly so, but really, can we? We can't do a better job. What we can do is give 100%. So that is what we, the minimum we ask for from any player. And some players, unfortunately, aren't doing that at the moment. They have the ability to do that. Obviously, everyone has the ability to give 100%. But when they don't do it, extremely frustrating. Um, Adam, he's saying, well, Luke Shaw is better than Gary Neville. I don't think Larry said that, but um, he said he has more ability. I'm definitely not a better player than Gary Neville. The old Scott McTominay, Andreas Pereira argument for those who have been following the podcast long enough. And um, we need to look at how Liverpool recruit. Unfortunately, teams like Liverpool and City have got it right um, in the past, which, and unfortunately, the next two games, and I Spurs are in there as well somewhere. But we will move on. And after a disappointing defeat, defeat, draw, same thing. After a disappointing result like that, always hard to sort of scrape the bottom of the barrel. But I think there are some candidates for 3 2 1. So I'll bring them up. 3 2 1s, let us know your comments um, or your 3 2 1 votes in the comments um, section. That would be great because I'm sure there'll be different opinions on this one. Got subbed, but still, for me, the best part on the pitch was Nemanja Matic. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, look, he just brings so much control. Uh, and you, like I said uh, earlier in the video, when he's on the pitch, you see what we're lacking when he's not there. Uh, and what, it's why it's an absolute priority for Manchester United. I, I wish I wish you could freeze time, Tom, because if you could get 28-year-old Nemanja Matic back, he solves a hell of a lot. Yeah, Rob here going, Matic, man of the match. Yeah, I, I think that's a straightforward um, three points for him. Now, who did I write down for you? I actually wrote a few notes in regards to three, two, ones. I Again. thought Lindelof was really good. 
Lindelof out of the back four, I thought, points. Again, maybe there's not too much, too many to choose from because at the end of the day, it was quite a poor performance. Rejog my memory in the live chat. This is off the top of my head going back to who I thought had a good performance. And again, not man of the match, not great. But considering some of the other issues all facing around the pitch, I thought Fred was okay. Yeah, worked hard. Played well. That's a, that's a sad time. I, I thought Aaron Masaka continues it, to... Here's my next one. Yeah, it's funny, you know, you, you look online, it's it's 50-50. Some people think Wambasaka is absolute garbage. Other people think, no, nah, he's really good. He should absolutely stay in the squad. I don't know what's happened with Ralph Rannick, um and Diogo Delo, uh, but Wambasaka seems to be preferred again. What, what, what do you think happened there in the fullback? Because the first thing Ralph Rannick came in, which I've alluded to, the first thing he did, walk through the door, change the fullbacks. Luke Shaw was dropped, Wambasaka was dropped, Delo and Tello's Ralph fullbacks. Tellers and Shaw kind of shared the role. Shaw's maybe taken it back, unfortunately, for some people at the moment. And Delos sort of had a free run at right. But he thought, okay, he's first choice now. But all of a sudden, he wasn't doing anything wrong. Suddenly, Wambasakas came in, and Wambasakas' form has drast- drastically improved since Delo was given the first choice, uh, sort of first choice at right back. So, is this just a case yeah. of what we did see to Luke Shaw when Alex Tellers came in? It was a kick up the backside. Do you think it's just a part of management? Ralph Frank has maybe not seen something in Wambasaka, but just thought, Oh, he's just not performing because he doesn't have anyone to give him a kick up the backside. So do you think that was more behind Delo's inclusion in recent weeks rather than just he prefers Delo as a player? Do you think it was just to sort of spark a bit of competition? It's possible. Um, I think with Wambasaka, he obviously had the uh, – he, he got caught driving uh, with the disqualification, right? Uh, so maybe it was a bit of a bit of disciplinary action uh, from the German, Ralph Rennick. Um, but look, i got to be honest with you, Tom – I haven't rated Diogo Delo. I think he's been given a very fair opportunity. He's been given a run of games. All the press and Fabrizio Romano, of all people, constantly defended Diogo Delo, constantly said he deserves an opportunity. He's really talented. He's been given the best part of two months to really make that right-back spot his own. I really think he struggled to take his opportunity. He's been okay defensively without being great. And his crossing ability, I actually think Wambasaka puts in a better cross. Maybe you can argue he doesn't progress the ball as well. He absolutely doesn't. But if you're talking about the actual delivery of the cross, I think Wambasaka is actually better than Diogo Delo. He's, he's, for pace, they're probably about equal. Defensively, you're taking Wambasaka 10 times over Diogo Delo. So on the balance of things, I don't think either of them are the solution. But if I'm choosing between the two, I tend to lean towards Wambasaka. Yeah, it's a hard one. At the moment, I, I sort of lean towards Diogo Delo, but the way he's performing at the moment, you know, keep Wambasaka in the team. And until he has a bad performance, then Delo gets his chance. So it will be interesting, especially with the Manchester derby. I think you have to play Wambasaka just in case. Just One, he performs very well at the Eddie Hat. It seems to be his yeah. sort of favourite ground to play at. And the obviously challenges we're going to face in that game, you, you can understand the selection there. But who are we going? We're going to Manny Matic for three points. I do see Lindelof in there. Um, I think he was the best out of Not that Varane was poor. And again, the defenders didn't have to do much. So sort of praising Lindelof isn't sort of saying he had a great game, but sort of was steady, did nothing wrong. Especially... thought he was the most creative player on the pitch. Yeah, well, it, well, he has that. He's obviously he's a good footballer. I think he's a better footballer than he is defender. Um, and sometimes in a game at, at home to Watford, when the centre-backs are the ones who sort of dictate a lot of the play, you can understand why he's involved there. So I'm happy to get Lindelof points. Maybe maybe it's the uh, flip of a coin between Lindelof and Wambasaka for one and two points. I'll give you the give you the floor for you, it. You mean Fred? Well, I haven't seen Fred's name in the comments there. I say Raphael's giving him one point here. Look, I'd, I'd be going. I'd be going personally. I'm saying Matic, Lindelof, Wambasaka. That, that's the way I'm yeah. leaning. But uh, what's in the comments? 
Yeah, no, no, that's a pretty much fair. I think one or two people put a Langer in there as well, who I thought was bright, but ultimately, and I go back to my video a couple or a week ago, and look off the back of the Atletico Madrid goal. I absolutely love it. The Langer, Tom Cleverley. I thought it was a mistake to get rid of Tom Cleverley at the time. I thought he was a fine. Not not that he was the answer to Manchester United's midfield, but I thought he was a decent player. But um, do you still have that opinion? Not in, he doesn't come into this Manchester United midfield, but in 2014, 2015, I thought some of the issues were facing. I thought, again, not that he was the answer, mm. but I thought he was hard, harshly treated by some Man United fans. Um, Anthony Lang, I thought, was good, but ultimately he thought, ah, just liked that little bit of quality. Didn't take his opportunities. Well, when in, when in front of goal, he thought he should score that. But then we're saying that about Anthony Lang, should have scored there. Or Ronaldo had the same chance. Ronaldo didn't score. So we're going to criticise Ronaldo. Well, we're not we're giving Ronaldo Ronaldo's points, so things are yeah. consistent. Oh no! Yeah, and again, nothing against the Langer. I thought he did well, but just I, I just had these fears. Not, they're not even fears; they're just questions about his long-term um, future at United. But I'll be saying that. So Lindelof for two points, one Bissaka for one. Was it? Yeah, I think so. I think on the balance of play, look, there's always going to be one or two you disagree with, but I think the consensus is pretty fair, pretty consistent. Uh, just saw Dion's comment coming in here. Should we try Lindelof at six? I don't think so. I A lot don't of people have so. always said it. Look, yes, he's, he's a footballer, but yeah. Could you see him going in and playing? Position. Could you see him playing for PSG or Bayern Munich or Real Madrid in number six? No. Exactly. It's like a striker. I feel like the number six and striker, they're the two positions that you just really got to know your craft. Yeah. They're very specialist positions. Well, moving on, just to wrap up the podcast and moving on um, from the disaster against Watford and looking forward and not just looking forward to the next couple of weeks. Um, obviously, a few, few sort of tough weeks coming up but what the potential is at the end of the season. And there's so many factors to look at at the end of the season, players, contracts, managers, everything. The big one at the moment, Champions League or no Champions League. And at the moment, obviously, we're all going to lean towards the outcome that we're not going to make the Champions League. Um, Tottenham are in eighth or ninth. Next week, we're probably going to say Tottenham are favourites and Arsenal lose and Arsenal have no chance. At the moment, it definitely feels like we don't have a chance. And I think I'll be very confident in sort of saying I'm going to have that feeling within the next month. Now, ultimately, things could change. But at the moment, we're all going to sit here and say Man United aren't going to finish in the top four. My question to you is, we're all going to sit here and say, if we don't make the Champions League, I prefer not to be in Europe at all. Just get the new manager in to focus just on the league and have that time. I understand and agree with that. However, come next season, when we have one game a week and we're seeing other teams compete in Europe, and I know Europa League or even the conference, for God's sake, isn't the Champions League. At the end of the age, European football, and we want to see Manchester United play every day of the week, for God's sake. I understand the sort of the appeal of no European football. I just think I, I wouldn't like it at the time. I, I wouldn't like it next season. I, I'd actually prefer. I'll throw this one to you. I would actually prefer the Conference League over Europa League because I think in the Conference League you could dead set just play a youth team. You could just you could play yeah. pretty much the youth team and treat it as if you're not in Europe. That won't happen though. Like, that's, yeah, I know I, it wouldn't I, happen. I agree with if you. I'm the manager, that's happen. what I do. What would you prefer, though? Like you sort of roll drives. If you had to choose, okay, we're going to qualify for Europe. You'd choose Europa League over Conference League. <laughs> That's a I'd hell of a choose. choice. Look, I'm with you. Look, to be honest, call me a cynic, but give me Champions League or give me no European football. If if we got one less video to do, that's fine. An extra night where I get to scratch my back. I don't care. Just Manchester United belong in the Champions League. If we can't, for whatever reason, find the quality within ourselves to get there, then finish tenth. As far as I'm concerned, I'm well, not asked for it. This is something here, um, Dion, which is all on my line of thinking in regards to the conference league. When Jose Mourinho came in, one of the positive straws we tried to clutch to and sort of cling to was I don't mind the Europa more games for a new manager, was that there's more games that he can sort of utilise his squad and see what he wants. Now, ultimately, Jose Mourinho went on to win the Europa League. 
obviously he put all these eggs in that basket. But that is why I do see, and again, I don't want to be in the Europa League. I don't want to be in the Conference League. And I, I understand it only brings negatives. But if you're in it, you do have to make the most of it. So if you do find yourself in a Conference League, which at the moment, that's the way we're headed, unfortunately. If we do find ourselves in that position, how do you make the most of it? You can't just sit there and say, oh, I'm not going to watch Manchester United that week. That's bullshit. You are going to watch them. So as a fan, how are you going to make the most of that? Or more importantly, forget the fan, how is a manager going to make the most of it? And I think that while boring in terms of looking forward to a Conference League or Europa League, you can find excitement if the club treat it right and play a youth team. Don't disagree with you, but it won't happen. Won't happen because obviously winning the Champions League in May um, in Paris, it's been moved to. So it doesn't, doesn't matter about top four. We are getting through Atletico Madrid. Um, I'm confident. <laughs> Weirdly, I'm more confident at home to Atletico Madrid than I am at Watford. Yep, so am I. Until uh, we lose the But are you though? Like, how do you feel going into this now? Because we've obviously got Manchester City, which I think all of us, even me, even me sort of glass half full and confident, yes, we're going to lose at Manchester City. I accept that. We're going to lose away at Anfield. I accept that. Unfortunately, that's a sad sign of the times that fans are accepting that. But here we are. That's the, sort of the sign of the times. Atletico Madrid, I fancy us. For some reason, I just do. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the way we go against City and Spurs will dictate a lot of that. If we get absolutely battered in those two games, which, look, we got to be honest, there's every opportunity of that happening, then you have to question the resolve of this Manchester United side. I think we're going to really learn a lot um, over the next two games, Tom. I'm actually happy we've got a difficult month. Now, we've seen under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, when we got these difficult periods, United found a way to pull out some results. Um I want to see what this team's made of. Uh, the, the last time we had a different, a difficult fixture pile-up back in October or November, I want to say, United crumbled. Uh, we've got an opportunity now to really put things right. And look, we, we probably are out of the top four race, but you know what? You beat City here, you beat Tottenham, and then who have you got after that? Liverpool, Leicester, Everton, Norwich, Arsenal. Look, it's it's going to be a hard ask. Let's <laughs> say, listen, Liverpool at home, forget it. You're going to lose, okay? You're going to lose. But we've gone to the Etihad and gotten a win multiple times before. you you got to find a way to do it. And we've got enough good quality players to set up in a way to do it. So Tottenham, as, as look, as Tottenham's said, Tottenham. We can get You can just see in terms of the way this season's gone, as bad as it is, you can see that happening just for the sheer fact that it'll put Liverpool in the driving seat. That's just how this season has gone. Exactly. So if you look at all of our games in the Premier League before the end of the season, seriously, they're all winnable by Liverpool. I think Liverpool are gonna we're gonna lose at Anfield. We, we just it. lose at Anfield. It's what we do. But you look at every other game there. Look, Arsenal got a week underbelly. I've got to say, incredible performance against Wolves. I'm I'm amazed they won that. And you know what? Credit where it's due. Arsenal are showing some resolve that I, I didn't truthfully thought they have in them. They've moved on a really big player and Man, I've been sitting here saying Mikel Arteta is absolute dog shit. He's the one who's lasted out of the Frank Lampard, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer, Mikel Arteta mm. debate. He's the longest lasting. He's finished 10th and 9th and 9th. And he's the one who seems to be finally pushing up. Maybe there is something in giving a manager time. Well, no, there's, it's, not, it's not a maybe. There's a definite 100%. They, they do need to sort of be given time. But we don't live in that world, um, unfortunately. I've just seen here, um, and this will continue um, long into the night in our group chat. And Matt here saying the team's full of catch Ronaldo and Bruno, the biggest of them all. My question here, um, well, um, Bruno, uh, my question, Bruno, my question to Matt, and just throw this in the group chat because um, I'll come after you in that. Who are you going to play ahead of him? You're going to play Greenwood ahead of Ronaldo? You're going to play Cavani ahead of Ronaldo? They're not available. You're going to play Rashford ahead of Ronaldo? We've got them. Play them. Who are you going to play ahead of Bruno? Donny van der Beek, who's gone online? I just think 
look, and I love you. I love, love the opinions, but look, I, I think they're the the blaming of Bruno and Ronaldo for our problems when they've been our two most productive players this season is it baffles me, Larry. Can I make one point on Ronaldo? And I, I want to say what you think of this. Look, we'll never know. We're in just pure speculation here. Do you think Marcus Rashford's form can almost be attributed to Ronaldo? Now, hear me out. Is there a case of and same thing with Bruno Fernandez now that I think about it. Do you think there might be an element with those two who obviously really respect Ronaldo where they're thinking, I need to get the ball to Ronaldo as opposed to thinking, I should shoot here, I should pass here, maybe following their natural instinct. Instead, they're almost going into a default in their conscious to be like, I need to give the ball to Ronaldo. And is that contributing to the poor form? That, that was, I think, one of my main concerns today. As I said, the day we signed Ronaldo and we all sat here and we were full of excitement when we said, well, take away all the excitement and look at it from a football point of view and the type of striker Cristiano Ronaldo is and the influence he'll have on his teammates. You thought, yeah, there, there might be some players in regards to we don't have a strong uh, per, uh, squad full of strong personalities. You could see a situation where some players like a Marcus Rashford or some of the young players do sort of cave into a Ronaldo and sort of do alter their game. That was obviously one of the the concerns with bringing a Ronaldo in. What one hundred percent? Now that ultimately, in my opinion, if someone is doing that and sort of they are cave into a, sort of the sort of power that Ronaldo has, ultimately that individual isn't strong enough to make it at Manchester United. You should be strong enough to play your own game and do the right thing by the team and not sort of sort of feel inferior to a, a teammate. But ultimately, there that could be a concern. Something pointed out, not pointed out Ronaldo, but that again goes up to the football department saying, "Well, why did you bring Ronaldo in?" So we can blame the individual in Ronaldo, but ultimately, the mistake is made by signing him, not the individual himself. No, I one hundred percent agree with you. I don't think Ronaldo's hurt the system. I think the players are almost starstruck or don't have the confidence within themselves to say no to Ronaldo. And who are you to say no to Ronaldo, right? Uh, But I just think we've found ourselves in a really difficult situation here. Can I just say Anthony Martial could easily be our number nine right now? Our our loans now, our loans in terms of we're all set in isolation. Yeah, Martial's right to go on loan. Donny van der Beek's right to go on loan. We could do with him. Yeah, absolutely we could. Yeah, unfortunately. Who knows? Um, time will tell in the um, – it depends who the new manager is. Um, if they do wind up um, having a career at Manchester United, who knows? They might be in Sydney in a few months' time. Um, match review, boys, not a season review. Um, okay. Not no sure one's reviewing the season. We're just putting some points out there, mate. Now, anyway, on that, hopefully everyone did enjoy the video. Obviously, a sort of array of different opinions, which we do sort of all appreciate. Um, many different ones today. Um, obviously after a disappointing result, but always good to have a chat with you, Larry, and everyone in the live chat. So if you did get something out of that, some type of therapy or some type of frustration off your chest, please do leave a like on the video. That would be great. Um, If you are new, if you could subscribe, we'd truly appreciate it. And Larry and I will be back. It's a while to United play, so I'm sure we'll get a few um, bits and bobs out throughout the week. But um, until then, hope everyone has a good week, and we'll chat to you soon. Cheers. Cheers.